Welcome to Monstrology, episode 21. Uh, my name is Will King, and I am one of the hosts of the a show. A scary I'm robot. Joined... I'm a scary robot. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going for a robot. <laughs> I was going for more just like a disgusting thing. Uh, mm. But um, it could be a half uh, robot, half disgusting thing. It's like a robot wrapped in disgusting stuff <laughs> that sounds pretty good um madrin have you seen the rant on the internet about the man who wants to sue a city about boneless chicken no there is a man who i think filed a lawsuit against uh a city i can't remember which city it was but i watched it today and it was delightful uh about a man who says that uh like we can't keep uh, living this life where where boneless chicken is called boneless chicken and wings are called wings because they're simply nuggets. And one of his suggestions <laughs> is that they should be called nuggies or uh, garbage. He has very strong feelings about it. Uh, you should look it up. Wow. It's great. And it just kind of reminded me of today's episode a little bit uh, a boneless chicken. I don't know what that would look like. I think it would just be kind of like a like a fat sack with some meat in the middle. I mean, yeah, like my husband kind of makes the same argument when like we go to a pub or whatever and they're advertising, oh, boneless chicken wings. And he was like, that is fancy adult talk for chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Look, we all know it. Like, and I, I don't I, disagree, I think but takes, I don't like, I, I hate to having to file a lawsuit about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, but I hate having to eat meat off the bone. Like I hate ribs and I hate same. wings for that very reason. I do not want to have to pull it off the bone and like deal with all the gristle and the veins and shit. I would much rather eat nuggets or chicken strips or whatever it is you want to call them. I don't care, but like boneless. I'm, so I'm down. The, the two major qualities that I eat chicken like that is for the deep friediness and the sauce, both of which can be accomplished without bones. Uh, so I agree. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to work for it. Like, I don't want to, like, and I'm out in public and I got to start, like, tearing at it. Like, I'm Henry VIII, you know, like, or with my chicken wing. Like, it's awful. It's gross. I don't want that. And there's no wet naps that can save you? Well, and then I also, I get offended that they're serving me something that, like, yeah, like I have to, I have to work so hard to eat the meat part off of it, and then at mm-hmm. the end of it, it's like there's this huge pile of bones, and it's like, well, great, now I've paid for actual garbage. I mean, like you, you gotta can... throw that out. I guess. Well, you kind of made your own garbage in that way. Well, but like the bone was in it when I, when it was served to me, and I paid for it, right? So like I've paid for that bone that I cannot consume. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. I want. You're not. Boneless. Would you ever? Would you ever consider breaking the bone to suck the marrow out of it? No, that's too much work. <laughs> just give me chicken it, nuggets so it's an effort-based problem yeah i guess the point is that everyone just enjoys um their trash nuggets um yeah instead of the chicken wings and uh that guy had a very good point um well i'm with I him i'd t- sign any petition he put out i think uh today's guest uh, we're very excited to sit down with if they can call what they do sitting uh would relate very much to uh boneless uh, chicken wings, perhaps because they enjoy them, or perhaps because they are one. I don't know. I don't know how their anatomy works at all, or how they eat, Guess or we'll how find this out. works. Uh, yeah, we'll examine it in great detail and then find out the truth. Because today's guest is Blobs. Mm-hmm. 
so blob monsters. Uh, blob monsters uh, have a slightly limited history, I would say. Um, but blobs, goo, slime, sludge. I'm going to say any of those things, if they're relatively sentient, uh, will apply. And in fact, things that also create slime, sludge, goo, etc., that are sentient will also apply in the context of history, because I think they might guide the way that this monster was created uh, as a way to explain the goo or slime that they have encountered. Um, but basically, we're talking about uh, amorphous blobs um, that due to their lack of any visible, clear anat anatomy um, are just called blobs, goop, slime. Um, some of them are mindless eating machines of very low intelligence or status or ability. And some of them are clever, tricky shapeshifters. And many of them are some sort of in-between uh, thing in terms of their intelligence level. Um, they can also be uh, very cute uh, or very disgusting. And um, the internet has a couple extra subcategories in there, but mostly we're looking at the range between cute and disgusting. Um, Madrin, why don't we start with, there are some animal species that I found. Yeah, I was that... going to say, I was reading about this really cool one that was at a, uh, basically it was a zoo mm -hmm. in Paris. The article that I read was in, um, it was posted in October of 2019. So I don't know if it's still there, but scientists have actually just called it a, the blob mm -hmm. and, um, it's remarkable for like so many different reasons. It's, I was reading by this, like, what can't this thing do? It has almost 720 sexes. Okay. It has the ability to move as much as one centimeter per hour, despite having no legs, no fins, no wings. Mm -hmm. It can find and digest food despite having no eyes and no stomach. It mm -hmm. can heal itself in just two minutes if it's cut in half. It has the ability to double its size every day and the ability to attain a size of several square kilometers. It's also basically impossible to kill. Mm -hmm. And then it's also ridiculously intelligent. It can solve mazes. It can mimic the layout of man-made transportation networks. And it is you. It can choose the healthiest food from a menu. I'm sorry. What is this thing, and where is it? What this, is it called? It was on display. Pair the these the scientists who had this thing on display simply just called it the blob. It must have uh -huh. some kind of Latin, much more complex name, but it was on display in Paris in 20 of October or sorry in October of 2019 and it was Amazing. on the branches of a tree that was in um just in a display huh. and people could come and see it and I'm looking at it and it's kind of like this rather bright vibrant yellow color with some green interspersed and it's in the picture that they're showing here of course because like they displayed it on a tree it's extended itself around the branches of this tree and it's almost like veins amazing 
I, it is, um, it's remarkable, I like we, this thing. I feel like people aren't talking about this particular thing enough because it feels like we've got some major threats in the world, like, you know, global warming. Or oh, I haven't even gotten water. to the scariest but this part. thing seems like uh, indestructible and rapidly expanding. So yeah, I, and I haven't even gotten to the scariest part. It has no brain that any scientist can discern, but it can learn. And if you merge two of these blobs together, the one that has learned something will transmit its knowledge into the other one. Hmm. Can you Isn't that get crazy? It as, can you get it as a pet? How much does I don't it think I'd want to. The thing would be smarter than me in a week. I mean, that's part of the fun, I guess. Um, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to top that, but let's go into some of the things that I've <laughs> looked into. <laughs> um, that's very cool. And it was just called The Blob? Yeah, it's... it's uh in the category of a plasmodium and it is informally known as a slime mold. Hmm. Well, maybe but I'll, they I'll, also I'll can't really, other... yeah, they can, also can't really a hundred percent classify it because they're like, well, it's kind of like a plant and it's also kind of like a mushroom, but it's also kind of like an animal because it can like teach other blobs things. And it's mm -hmm. just like, Oh God, what is this thing? Where did it come from? Some of the things that I were looking that I was looking up to in to explain goo um, were basically algae, like large shifting algae. Um, there's one called the Valonia ventricosa, which is like a bubble algae algae that looks like a big green sea grape, or people call it sailors' eyeballs, and it's this massive. I don't know. It just looks like flubber <laughs> underwater. <laughs> and you can imagine that it would look like ooze or the way that we think, imagine science fiction ooze to be. Um, there's also a pretty uh, rapidly expanding or well-known conspiracy theory around black goo. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if you saw this in your research. That uh, Basically, the black goo is some sort of supposed demonic entity that is blamed for many paranormal events. Um, almost always um of a malevolent nature and the entity itself is like a tar-like mass and like its origins are either satanic extraterrestrial or sometimes like related to some sort of ai that accidentally created goo it's funny we did we were talking on our last episode during our creature feature about the alien franchise and there's that like weaponized black goo in prometheus and it was the first right. thing that i thought about is this kind of like insidious black gunk um that was you know when i heard artificial intelligence that's the only thing i can think of um that created it that way um yeah so if you get any like hookups or information listeners about um the black goo um the dark web i would like to know about it um i am your target demographic um there's also a bunch of like animals or i guess insects uh that fall under like kind of the gooey slimy category so there's the velvet worm and then to trap its prey the velvet worm unleashes like a bunch of sticky slime that it kind of like spits out of its worm wrists i guess like a like spider-man like a spider-man yeah <laughs> but it's funny because it, it can do it without like moving around like it's kind of impressive that it can just shoot out this kind of slimy gunk um and then it stabs its victim with a dagger of like some sort of mandible dagger and then liquefies the bugs. Why? You can't size. bring a knife to a blob fight. That's not well, fair. It, it is both a knife fight and a blob fight and a liquefying inside fight with its Ooh. saliva. 
and it's like quite quite something this velvet worm um there's also spitting spiders which basically they spit out like this slimy um i don't know spit <laughs> at, <laughs> six, at, a, at slimy 62 miles spit. per hour yeah. really fast and it's it, fast it, and it and you get basically venomized on contact. So it, if you get too close to a spitting spider, it, it can cover you in this sticky venom. And not just are you like, like, ew, like you're immediately poisoned, uh, which is not a great way to go. Where are these? Ooh, spitting spiders? Like, I just, I just need to know which part of the world to avoid. Let me basically. find out. My, uh, wait, wait, let me give a guess. Australia. <laughs> Um, everything in Australia wants to kill you. They are actually common in the eastern United States and also in the tropics. Well, uh, guess I'm never going to Maine again. They are yellow with blackish spots. So if you see mm -hmm. a yellow with blackish spots spider spitting something at 62 miles per hour, Go the other way, I guess, is the only <laughs> advice that I can say to you. I can't uh, run faster than 62 miles an hour. Well, that's why you want to get not hit by it at all. Oh, yeah, um, really? and, and the other one uh, that I found that's kind of a, I guess it's a fish, is the hagfish. Because it has the most mm -hmm. insane looking slime. It, it just, it's, I see cars covered in hagfish slime. It is like science fiction movie coated head to toe in this white um translucent slime and basically it has two functions for the fish it's a deterrent to predators so in the research i found that it said in human terms it's like blowing your nose into a bear's mouth which i thought was definitely a deterrent that um that i mean that's quite the visual yeah like that's the way that they use it it's like so gross that the, this predator goes well that's really gross um and also um when hagfish get hungry they coat their meal with the mucus so that nothing else will eat it so it's like a, it protects their food and it protects them oh like when i used cases, to put black pepper on everything i ate so that my brother-in-law wouldn't eat it that is exactly it is exactly that scenario uh but with slime um right. so i guess that they're I'm, basically their superpowers that they're disgusting and that they enjoy disgusting things. I'm also trying to imagine the circumstances because you said that you've you've seen this hagfish goo on oh yeah a cars. whole car a whole car so I think it must have what been what are they the were circumstances like, in which hagfish snot ends up on an, an entire car? I don't know if it was like a car that was like pulled out of a lake or something or it like drove uh, through a bog. Like, I don't think make, a hagfish, okay. like, crawled onto shore and then sneezed. <laughs> it was so much that the, that the car was coated. But it was, like, it, it is an insane image. Like, I've seen it covered in... Yeah, I don't actually understand how that works. Because a lot of the things that I've seen it on seem like they are almost, like, on land. Or, like, there has been, um, like, fishermen with their nets are completely covered in this slime. Or they're, like, pulling it off everything that they got it from underwater. So it's, it is quite uh, gross. Um, Ew. I was reading about unexplained rock blobs beneath the Earth's crust where the mantle and the core and the outer core meet. Okay. And seismologists don't understand what these things are, but they're hundreds of miles long. 
-hmm. and they don't really know what they're doing and why they're there. Like they refer to them as thermochemical piles, but they're basically like extremely large globs Mm -hmm. just under the earth's mantle. Um, And they could, they can kind of study them if they study uh, seismic waves, Mm -hmm. but that's really only to get an idea as to how big they are and kind of how they move, but they really have no idea exactly what they're doing or how they're doing it or why it's happening. Like Mm. they, we understand tectonic plates. We understand the earth's core. We understand mantle and things like that, but they do not understand these 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 low velocity blob like rock goo <laughs> that's mm-hmm. underneath and i was kind well, of like surely, well surely that sounds like a science fiction of, movie um, waiting to happen it's definitely in the like sub uh earth you know that uh the um the kaijus live in that's and, exactly uh, what i was thinking of uh, i was that exactly NASA, thinking that of nessa has Rim. clearly crawled out from you know we've had some people reference this little uh halfway hidey hole um as i've referred to it and so i feel like maybe the goop monsters are from the um halfway hidey hole it's entirely (laughs) possible when i started reading about it and i was like unknown blobs of rock just before the earth's mantle this is sounds like the 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 completion of the pacific rim trilogy to me i i I, but it's again like i just i think it's really cool that there's all this sciencey stuff that still can't be explained and they still don't, you know, I, I love it when when scientists are like, we found this really cool thing. We don't know what it's doing or why. Cool, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I think really that's what the, the world needs. I mean, they need people like us that are asking the hard questions that scientists give up on because they're too perplexed and they have no funding. You know, this is yes. the slime. Slime uh, never gets the, We're asking the amount about of funding. Blob that, monsters um, yeah. On a day to day, like, how does this affect me, the average citizen? This blob monster that lives at the Earth's mantle. Well, it doesn't affect you now, but when that thing that Madge was might. talking about earlier starts rapidly expanding and taking over your yeah. territory, you're gonna wish that you had invested in in um, blob research when you oh, had the chance. Oh man, what if the blob of the Earth's mantle somehow finally merged with the blob that was on display in Paris, and then they each taught each other the stuff that it knew. It would just that would completely take over the world. Yeah, we'd be imagine, toast. Imagine the history that would be exchanged between oh. those two blobs. The whole world would just this, be covered in like yellow explain, neon lava goo. Does this perhaps explain the the um the wide gap in in blob intelligence? Like a blob that that merges with a stupid thing, does it get stupider and just like stupider and stupider? No, that's what makes it scary. Is that oh, the, the smarter this particular thing, blob only gets smarter? But the smarter do other blobs function teach... in different ways? Well, we'll have to ask our blob friend later on in the show how that works amongst his brethren. But the the thing that was on the tree in Paris, teach uh, the smarter thing the smarter blob would teach the dumber blob the thing that it knew and then the dumber blob would be equally smart so they were only getting smarter right Right. well maybe we'll meet a downgrade blob one day who's to say maybe Um, we should just show these blobs a bunch of tiktok videos and then they'll just get dumber yeah hey i mean look there's some smart people on tiktok let's not knock all tiktokers um just the annoying ones just the dumb Um, ones there was some other interesting stories that I found uh, related to um, ooze. 
and the goop um in philadelphia in 1950 uh two patrolling police officers witnessed an object falling from the sky um and when they walked over they discovered a mysterious glowing ooze hanging off a corner telephone pole and when they got in closer uh the blob uh began not to just move but to crawl and the cops called for backup and following the thing into a field and one of them was so curious um that they reached out and touched this purple goo and the substance fell apart uh, immediately leaving no trace of its existence uh, other than some very confused police officers in philadelphia in 1950 um, alien yeah you know it's is again relates back to what we're talking about on our creature feature people are saying in prometheus why did that guy touch that weird slug and i'm telling you curiosity is uh, is a dangerous thing yeah and then it always turns out to be an alien it's always an I'm, alien. I'm calling it right now this purple thing that just disappeared simply because somebody touched it alien well, I'm saying, Madra, do you know um, at what year the thing in uh, Paris uh, emerged, like, or was discovered? Because if it was after 1950, you know, there could be some. I some I don't know when goo. it was. I don't know when it was discovered. Like I said, I the article I read said that it was on display in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, this is a recent goo. That could just be 69 years of traveling goo. Right. Mm-hmm. Goo. Mm-hmm. There is a term <laughs> in reading all of this. There is a term for an unidentified organic mass that washes up on a shoreline that's blobby and globular like that. It's literally it's just called a globster. A globster. <laughs> yeah, I was. I it was. That. It was coined by a man named Ivan T. Sanderson in 1962. Um. Oh. Because and this is and it was it was to there was a um in 1960 there was this unidentified carcass that washed up um in Tasmania Mm -hmm. and nobody could figure out what it was so this guy simply just called it a globster because they couldn't see any defined head no defined eyes there was no apparent bone structure it didn't have any limbs all it was was just this blob. Mm-hmm. Um, but that name has caught on and that is the name that is now given to basically any unidentified blob that washes up on a shore until they can finally figure out what it is. For the most part, it's later determined that it is decomposing whale. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that but, we know of a glob. I mean, could be a lot of things. That's the official name. Mm-hmm. But it happens a lot. I mean, I've, I've, there is a list here in front of me of notable globsters. So I it seems to more... happen quite a bit. I there's wish a that Chilean more one, who... there's a Bermudan one, the Tasmanian one. The, there's one that's called the Stronce Beast. That was cool. I wish that more people who named important things had the sense of whimsy to also name it something as clever as a globster, you know? Yeah. Like that would be great. It's too many things are just named after like math terms or um, or they're named know. after the person who found it. Yeah, like lame. That guy didn't call it the the Charles Muck or whatever his name was. You know that would suck. Right. Would be that would be, for example, a bad name. But the Globster, <laughs> such nuance. You know, I want more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
there like, was also a story... you know, we we refer to them as Edison bulbs because apparently Thomas Edison invented them, but, but we could be calling them like I don't know, like the globies, cool, like wiggly line bulbs or something. You know, like <laughs> we gotta come up with better names. I say the we wig- stop the wigglies? naming things. <laughs> Yeah, we stop naming things after the person who discovered or invented it, and we just come up with a much better term that's just universally adopted. Could you take that to Parliament and plead it with the amount of sincerity and detail that that man pleaded against uh, boneless chicken? Yes. Maybe we could just get it banned that you can't name scientific things after your own name anymore. I yeah, think that would you be know a worthy what? cause. If he can sue his town over boneless wings, I will petition to stop naming things after people because that just keeps turning out to be problematic anyway yes that's true and then from now on we'll just give everything just fun names Mm -hmm. um there was also a story in toronto just a couple years ago uh it was in i think 2019 as well that there was this green ooze did you see this news story that there was a green ooze in leslieville and everyone no. saw these pictures that went around that very much looked like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style ooze. And there's a lot of comments about like, somebody bring me four turtles to put them in this ooze. Uh, or just like a lot of people thought that they could develop superpowers by bathing in the ooze because it was bright, slimy green. Um, apparently, unfortunately, the city was like, oh, we just found out that there was some sort of water leak. And the way that we deal with this is we take the source and we dye it a very strong color because then we can go to everywhere it leaked into. And if the color exists, then we know that there's leakage. But, you know, I just would like to prefer, like, I prefer to believe that it was the ooze, even though I know better. I just, I, I want you, you to know, know that. that I wanted it to be ooze. You don't know uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, could be. I could have stumbled upon the third great origin story from that ooze. Uh, Daredevil, I mean, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and me. <laughs> how how many science fiction movies are there where the official government story is some bureaucratic mumbo jumbo exactly oh. like that, just to try to ease the fears of the general public? Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out to be what? Aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like this. It's always theory. aliens. I would say I much prefer this theory that I've been lied to to defend uh, some sort of secret uh, ooze society. I'm telling you, man, there is a giant rat teaching ninja to mutant teaching, turtles. Teaching ninja? Do you mean <laughs> teaching karate <laughs> teaching or karate. martial arts? Oh, okay. I'm tired. Sorry. Yes, there's yeah. a giant rat teaching karate to giant turtles in the sewers of Leslieville. I'm well, well end of story. We have I have one more piece of uh the monstrology history to share with you as that is what we've been diving into. Um which is uh the new Papo? I think it's the same Japanese um folklore monster that that you'd uh discovered, Madrin. Would yes. you agree that I think it's the new Papo? That's what I'm going to say. Apologies if my yeah. uh, new, monster. Yeah, new, new Pepo, new Pepo, new something. Pepo. Yeah. Sorry, anybody a, who speaks Japanese, please come and correct our. A lot of peas in it. Yes. Um, but they are basically Japanese uh, folk monsters that were fat, slime like monsters that smelled of rotting flesh and they wander graveyards and temples. And the legend states that those 
who are able to kill one and eat its foul-smelling flesh gain everlasting youth. Um, which is interesting. Because you think that like the the thing is like a rotting flesh smell would lead to your untimely demise, but maybe there's some sort of bravery involved in eating the thing that tastes like death to give you youth. That is very mm. interesting though, yeah, because typically things that are that smell so rotten and decaying like that are about you know declining Dying. health and death yeah. and things like that like why would it give you youth too yeah and i i saw some pictures that are like depictions of the new puppo and it basically looks like a potato with two stubby arms and two stubby legs and it kind of vaguely has a face it's like a bad stick man yeah like with a really big body and just tiny arms and legs yeah and what yeah. i thought was really interesting is that um apparently it smears itself with this white face powder but the actual literal translation of this white face powder has meanings like pretending not to know feigning ignorance deceiving mm -hmm. by pretending to speak frankly mm -hmm. um so it kind of becomes like it's this embodiment of somebody who is like trying to trick you because it mm -hmm. pretends like it doesn't know and it and it like and then it talks as though it's very friendly to you, like it's going to be your friend. And then it tricks you by letting, by having you let your guard down. And then it shows you their true form, which is this like weird potato monster. Now all that I can imagine is a potato wearing like Victorian white clown makeup, <laughs> trying to <laughs> convince you something. And um, I don't trust it, I think inherently. Uh, because of all of the reasons we've just described. Oh, um, I, I don't know. I ooh, who ate the last cookie? Oh, I don't know. And there's, I don't there's this know like little what white to potato, the potato monster. Chips. Oh. Yeah. White oh, potato I monster. um I wouldn't trust it. Um nope. I think that's not the most authentic description of that monster, but it's the one that I imagined in my brain mind. Um <laughs> that's all the history that I've got. Um Madrin, um last call for history. No, I want to talk about pop culture. Wonderful. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with some blobby pop culture. Welcome back to our Monstrology episode all about blobs and globs and goo monsters and slime. Now mm -hmm. it's time to talk about all of our pop culture references to this. There's one in particular I am super stoked to talk well, about. Well, do it right away so I don't ruin right. it. That's a good policy. This was, it was, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes, this was like formative in my childhood. I'm talking about the goo monster that killed Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation. It, cool. It, I don't know anything totally about that. My, Oh, okay. So in the in the episode, um, Deanna Troy, who is their ship's counselor, is coming back from a conference and his, her shuttlecraft crashes. So she sends out a distress signal and mm -hmm. the rest of the Enterprise comes to investigate. And it turns out that she is building being held captive on this planet by this black goo tar monster named Armis. Mm-hmm um and that is what is keeping and he has this energy field that's being generated and that's what's keeping them from being able to beam troy and her pilot out from the crashed uh 
shuttlecraft. And Tasha Yar, who was the head of security on the Enterprise at the time, attempts to basically rush the monster and free Troy. And it zaps her with this energy beam and kills her instantly. And it was absolutely devastating. Yeah, it was absolutely devastating to me as a child because this episode, it was in the first season of TNG near the end of the series, or sorry, near the end of that first season. Um, But it never had occurred to me as a kid that any of our main characters could die like i right. this was the one of the very first instances this for it was a, it's a very formative memory that any of that core team of people that we follow from week to week and come to really grow attached to mm-hmm. could be in danger mm-hmm. and the Sean way it Bean turned like definitely the reason why it happened that. was because denise crosby who played tashi R, wanted out mm-hmm. um she didn't want to be on the show anymore so they kind of shoehorned her death in and if you look back on the episode as an adult and review it it really you, you she her death really does get quite shoehorned in um, i guess why it's, it's not so shocking though as well like it's not it, it wasn't really a part of the arc so it seemed probably quite a bit yeah more yeah and i guess um uh, they wanted to kill her off in a different way but gene roddenberry who was uh, of course so like he created star trek wanted her to die in kind of this unceremonious way because he wanted to do that shock factor that hit me so much as a kid the where it was just like no this is how a security officer would go down this would be like she would die in just this very average mission and what did the, and then, you know just something just happens to go wrong you know do you remember what the like sludgy blob ooze monster looked like it was like if it was almost like if pudding was black uh and it was also kind of glittery sparkly glitterly sparkly black pudding that yeah. uh, also has the power to uh, murder immediately. That's exciting. Yes, it, yeah, and it had, like I said, it had like this energy. That's a very glamorous way to die. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely the consistency of pudding. Like it was very goo-based and black, 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 black. And it was kind of like glittery as well too. And there were actually some points in the episode where this goo would would rise up and take more of a kind of humanoid form and when i was reading about the production of the episode they actually had an actor who like was in this weird almost like a scuba suit who was like in this goop stuff and would come Mm -hmm. up out of the the goop pool that they had created for the effect yeah and what i thought was really cool is that they didn't ever actually give him an air tank Oh, they just so he kept, actually had to hold they, his breath. Between. Yeah, every time that they would go under between shots, they would just keep track of how long he was in this pool by just timing it on a stopwatch. And then just being wow. like, okay, he's been under for like 40 seconds. We should probably shoot this. You it's know, like the kids like, oh, uh, challenging each other to hold your breath uh, for longer than the other. It must be that person grew up to be this yeah. sludge monster in film and TV. Um, speaking of and glamorous... another fun factoid, this will be my my last fun okay, factoid okay. about this episode. The oil itself was made out of water soluble metamucil dyed with printer's ink. Huh. 
but that sounds so toxic here in this pool of metamucil i mean i'm sure it was (laughs) um speaking of um glamorous successful uh black ooze monsters and the shape of humanoids I caught up with the um, Venom franchise this week. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have I have now experienced uh, Eddie Brock all the way from the first Venom to the second Venom. Let there be carnage, Venom, and uh, I shall also include the Spider-Man No Way Home post-credit scene Venom because uh, it's all the same Venom. Um, I will say that that as much as I maybe want a little bit more out of the like stories they've been crafting the monsters are really great the venom like actual creature design in the venom franchise is really satisfying and like the characterization is fun and uh the carnage uh design was very cool as well um to those who aren't big spider-man fans basically the origin of venom originally is that uh spider-man discovers him in the secret wars comics um, on an alien planet and it, it manifests as this kind of black suit that he takes back to earth and wears and it makes him very powerful but it starts corrupting him and basically venom is an alien symbiote that attaches itself to its host and kind of um makes them a stronger uh version of what they are already um which is why sometimes venom like rejects their hosts like the hosts aren't uh, strong enough or I guess ambitious enough to handle him as a as a entity I suppose um which yeah, is why I guess he also likes I... to latch on to superheroes like that that power is very alluring yeah Venom is is very much one of the my blind spots in the Marvel world but my understanding of Venom is that it typically seeks out um like power hungry ambitious already kind of on the verge of being a villain type people mm-hmm. yeah. the alien or the alien the venom franchise is interesting because it's based i think largely of the comics named agent venom where venom is kind of more of a anti-hero like he they are um oh what did i forget the phrase that they use but they're like dark justice or something that's not right but they're like a they describes themselves as being uh, they is because i'm thinking of them uh, venom and eddie like together are this kind of duo that they think of themselves as being like a necessary thing there's some sort of version of their own hero together they think they do good things even though they do it in a kind of gruesome way and it's always a negotiation of that like tightrope of like you can't devour all these people and eventually that by the second film they settled for like eating chickens and chocolate uh, which is a very sweet version of Venom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, they also have a fair amount of symbiotes just biting heads off of human beings. So they seem to like toe the line there pretty well. Um, anyway, I will say that those fun- those films are really fun and that um, Tom Hardy is, I think, very good um, in them. And Woody Harrelson. You know what else is a really fun movie my sister actually when i was telling her that this was our topic for this week she was like are you going to talk about the stuff and it triggered this memory she and i saw when we were kids this movie called the stuff it came out in 1985 Mm -hmm. um and it's a satire uh, like a science fiction satire on the um like gluttonous consumer society of of america and Mm -hmm. so essentially the plot is like 
these people, these quarry workers discover this white cream stuff coming bubbling up out of the ground one day while they're working. Mm -hmm. And it's very sweet and very addictive. And so uh, marketing companies, of course, gather it up as much as possible and they start selling it out to the general public and it's being marketed as the stuff. And it mm -hmm. looks for all the world like marshmallow fluff. Um, and then it, but also a little bit like, oozier like it has the ability to move and um of course there's always that one guy who's like this can't possibly be as great as it seems and of course he investigates the stuff and reveals that it is a living parasitic organism that eventually will take over the brain of the people who are consuming it and then it mutates them into a zombie basically and then like consumes them from the inside out and so he, of course, and then he teams up with um, the, his love interest and this young plucky teenager and they manage to eventually take down the stuff. But I remember I have these like very vivid memories of it, like pouring out of the backs of trucks. And there's uh, one very specific scene where, um, oh God, where is it? Like it takes, it takes them over and it traps them uh, in I think it's in a store or something like that. And like, um, is it to a montage they... of material girl? <laughs> yeah. If, yeah if but... only. No. And it's like, um, yeah, it, like their friend has to blow, like literally set off a whole bunch of explosives to, mm. <laughs> to be able to get them out. What's interesting. So yeah, we should, this, we should like, talk about as we're going everywhere. through, um, this pop culture it might be nice to study the like strengths and weaknesses like so in the venom franchise the thing that venom is weak against is sound and fire um but one of the films that i watched this week in preparation for our episode was the blob the classic blob uh film um that created so many of these blob tropes that we know and love um there is the original film in 1958 as well as there is a remake of the blob in 1988 that i've heard mm -hmm. um is just like a little bit like gorier than the original which is more of like a i don't know sci-fi classic movie instead of a like horror i seem film. to remember that movie having like a very peppy theme song the the remake the first the one, no the first the first blob movie it was like beware of the blob it oh yes it does yes it has a really fun opening yeah well yeah it's, it's the, the anything goes version of the blob yeah, <laughs> the world yeah. it's very upbeat um which is like a thing of like creature movies were more in the like broadway tradition than the uh way that we imagine them to be today um but basically the premise of that one is that there is a space uh, asteroid that crash lands on earth but it's very small and um it is a, a rock and inside the rock there's this kind of amoeba um that latches itself onto an old man basically onto a stick and then onto his hand and it starts like rapidly expanding and then eventually it covers his whole body and like consumes his body and it turns into this red goo um or red blob i should say in the case of the blob but basically these two young uh lovers discover it and nobody believes them it starts moving its way through the town picking people off and the police doesn't believe it until it like escalates to the point that it's like extremely public and there's a scene 
in a movie theater where a bunch of the like audience is just watching a movie and the blob like oozes in from the back and they all come screaming out but the end spoiler alert this doesn't really ruin the movie i think is that they discover that the weakness for this blob is cold like they're inside they're trapped inside a house because the blob has taken over it's so big now that it's basically consuming the house in a last ditch effort like the fire department uh electrocutes it and basically sets the house on fire and so the remaining like hero characters and like a child are inside this house assuming that they're either going to burn to death or be consumed by the blob and they're like just trying to put out the fire with a fire extinguisher with co2 and they're like oh the cold the cold is where we'll get them and then they eventually uh go and they drop the blob off uh in the arctic and they think if it's cold it will shrink back up and and no one will ever discover it until you know it gets moved see and that's really yeah and that's really interesting too is that when i was talking about the stuff which was written mm-hmm. specifically to be a satire the thing that takes down the stuff is fire mm. so i think that that was per- perhaps a purpose a purposeful polarity to the blob mm-hmm. what's well, the the other one that i was thinking of because i was thinking of this slimy oozy alien in the arctic is the thing like the 1982 film which i love um but it is this kind of scarier version of uh, an alien that's been frozen in earth for so long and basically um it's this grotesque thing that takes on like hideous and gory forms and it can shapeshift and it can infect someone on a cellular level so it can basically like kind of doppelgang and replace a person to the point of like mutation. Like a lot of the things that's cool in that movie is like these grotesque, they used claymation, they used special effects, but they also did practical effects and it holds up really well for that reason. Like it's this very unique kind of blend. Um, but I think fire was one of the things that actually worked on it in that versus cold. Um, but definitely check out the thing if you haven't seen the thing. I just felt like there was a tie-in of something being dropped off in the Arctic and then discovered in the Arctic. A lot of bad shit gets discovered in the Arctic. I wonder if that's like yeah. a like kind of prehistoric relation to dinosaurs is where that comes from, maybe. But well, yeah, and I think it also comes along with like um I, I think that kind of goes back to when I was talking about those unexplained blobs that are at the Earth's mantle, is that mm. there's still a lot of drilling that's happening up in the the arctic and things like that and and we don't there's a whole bunch of like oh we don't really know what's under the ice and a lot you know a lot of that kind of thing too so i think maybe that's where a lot of those um those ideas come from there's also some good kind of blob cameo characters that pop up in some films that i'll shout out um seth rogan plays a character that's basically a blob in monsters versus aliens it's a character named bob i have not seen this movie but i have a very distinct memory of it being the movie that they played on all the tvs in future shop which is now best buy but you're walking around and i remember seeing like 30 versions of this blue seth rogan character i guess the movie was very colorful and just like his very distinctive laugh and so that's all that i can imagine is seeing it with a bunch of weird tvs that's um funny. so he's a very much a blob in that uh that is his character he's a blob that consumes things um, there's an X-Men villain named the Blob, um, which can either be kind of like a typical goon or like in some versions, a very like destructive, cannibalistic uh, character. 
Yeah, that is fear. Yeah, I was reading that his main power most consistently is that he can make himself completely immovable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even too, like um there was one, I think it was like his first in his first appearance, he get like he goes to uh Professor Xavier's mansion and he tries to be recruited into the X-Men and he refuses, saying that he doesn't want to, to be part of it. Um and Xavier tries to erase his mind so that he doesn't know where the the mansion is and things like that and he ends up escaping Mm -hmm. um but then uh i I think it was ice man tries to encase his foot in ice to keep Mm -hmm. him from escaping and and like ice man is a an omega level x-men like he if he really tried he could end the world with his power right so his Mm -hmm. ice block is very 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 strong but the blob manages to just like boop and just pops his foot out and runs off no problem mm-hmm. so i think that was put in there because just to say like oh well he can keep himself from moving you're like okay that's not really that great of a power but when you then see how that is used against our heroes our most powerful heroes mm-hmm. powers then you get a much better sense of like oh this guy like is dangerous stubbornness to his strength i guess that is yeah at the very least annoying <laughs> um yeah there's also a really great cameo in cabin in the woods which will come up that movie will come up in many episodes because i love it but they see <laughs> the like gelatinous cube in one of the like there's the the green blob dungeons and dragons style in mm-hmm. one of the like when they're going underground and all of the cubes i think it's one of the many things when they're going down to the secret basement hellish lair spoiler um there's also <laughs> spoiler Slimer. on the 15-year-old movie we know him we love him he's a big old flying ghost i i ball. wasn't sure i yeah i really was on the fence as to whether or not he counted for this episode because he's he's a ghost but he's also a ball of but slime. he's also a ball of slime and he leaves slimy goop behind the way uh-huh. that a blob monster would so Look, if i can count a fish i'm gonna count slimer too yeah okay yeah fair, fair. <laughs> that's, that's what i've decided i think the fair. thing is that he well, had to be and it's slime, kind of in his name too right to his name is sentient. slimer uh-huh right um in ghostbusters 2 there's also the mood slime which is fed by human emotions um so that's maybe more mm. of just a straight up slime monster and it loves um, jackie robinson oh well there you go your love lifted me high now here's here's another thing that i you can decide matching whether this counts as a slime monster or a blob or a goo monster etc the stay puff marshmallow man in ghostbusters uh no uh mm-hmm. but um that's probably maybe debatable also i feel like that's a marshmallow they follow under marshmallow monster category but um, i mean marshmallows are kind of blobby or um th- no the thing that i'm thinking of is the shape-shifting liquid metal robot T-1000 and T-2 Judgment Day this, in the Terminator this franchise. inspired it, debate amongst my family last night. Again, I was mm-hmm. telling them about our topic and mm-hmm. my friend Matt was over and he they started listing their favorite blobby monsters and he was like, does the T-1000 count? And I was like, are we in are, are we in Yoda Swamp Monster territory where we're going to have to do some sort of poll? I, um, you know... I I would say no, it doesn't count because it started out as a mechanical device that it's was sim- that then simply evolved. 
isn't it like nanobot kind of tiny yeah. technology yeah that's what i mean like it's 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 metal that has evolved to be able to yeah. become in that liquid form i don't really think it's i guess it's the question of the or well but it's definitely like liquid gunk the question is it definitely, definitely started liquid. as a robot but in its final form i don't i don't know if it's still a robot anyway whether it is or isn't i'll just talk about it to some degree uh it can mimic everything that it touches um with like complete detail and in that way it's like some of the other blob monsters um it's malleable enough to like walk through bars or prison door by flowing around them um it can use itself like in combat in interesting ways kind of in maybe the same way that venom can like or uh, carnage more specifically to turn into like oh it does make that knife hand right we were talking about that with that animal you were talking about where it's like you don't bring a knife to a blob fight but the t-1000 does well do you bring a t-1000 to a blob fight if the t-1000 was on my fight i would bring a t-1000 everywhere because those things cannot be beat yeah they're pretty well i mean can't usually be beat okay yeah you gotta lower them into he was defeated by like two humans um with weakening with liquid nitrogen and then throwing into a pool of molten iron so it's again extreme temperature a shift from one to the next yeah um yeah and um i've got a couple more uh in tv that i think are great there is a blob monster that exists in the Powerpuff Girls uh, in an episode where it's just oh, looking yeah. for its cat. And it's they basically stumble into, what is it? Town City? City city of Townsville? Yeah. I think it's I Town think it's city, of, city. Town City or City yeah. of Townsville. It's some kind of combination of city and town. Something like um, that, yeah. Anyway, basically, they, they kind of kaiju style, as many of the monsters do. They just enter and they start breaking everything and they're grumpy and they're looking for a cat and the Powerpuff Girls keep trying to like kill it by just charging straight through it and it just gelatinously like heals itself instantly um and they like bring it a cat to which it's like very excited and then realize it's it's not his cat so he flings it off into the distance they have to save it then eventually Aww. they bring it like every cat in the city and he doesn't want any of them so he like hucks them again like off into the sky uh and then eventually they realize that the cat is just like stuck in its gelatinous blob butt and like in the back of it that it must have sat on it at some point. And then they give it the cat back and then it just like happily leaves the city. But it's like grumpy and angry with them just because it's looking that, for a kitty. What a, a quintessential great, great girl episode too. It's, like basically, I... it's basically the John Wick franchise of somebody yeah. looking for their lost pet. <laughs> uh, the blob monster fulfills the same <laughs> objective. Um, and my personal favorite from Futurama, the horrible gelatinous blob, uh, which is a reoccurring character who is literally his name is horrible gelatinous. Mm -hmm. That's his name, not the description. Um, and he's this large alien who is a, a massive glob of translucent green gelatin. And he has a habit of swallowing people whole. Uh, who remain visible inside him usually relax so he's like kind of oozing down the sidewalk with two or three people just just suspended in him yeah (laughs) yeah and i think that's just like it's just very satisfying again small character but made a lasting impression on me um yeah 
I mean, there's a bunch. There's some literature too that there's the oh, I want to be sure I I might say this wrong. The Shogoth, which appeared in um, at the Mountains of Madness, which is one of my favorite like H.P. Lovecraft stories. But basically, the Shogoths are a race of amorphous, shape-shifting protoplasms, which were bioengineered by the Elder Things, um, were a prehistoric race of aliens. And they were created after the Elder Things lost their original slave species of humankind. And basically, like the Shogoths themselves came to hate their masters and revolt against them and led to the extinction of their species. So it's like these elder existent alien species created these like blob monsters because they needed like something to serve them. But I guess in the same way as that uh, ooze that you're describing, Madrin gained too much strength and intelligence and destroyed um, the primary species of the earth. uh, So too were the uh, elder things in um, Antarctica destroyed by the shoguts they created. Anyway. That's your um, Lovecraft update for the day. One of these days, we're going to have to do a proper like deep dive creature feature on on uh, Lovecraft. But I'm going to have to work up to that. There's lots of things to make sure I pronounce properly and people feel very strongly about that uh, universe. Um, Dungeons and Dragons has a bunch mm-hmm. of gelatinous cubes uh, that are well-loved that basically a lot of soldiers just end up there are, um, slowly dissolve <laughs> the gelatinous cube is in the dungeons and dragons trailer that came out not that long yes. ago and i know along it with, made um, a lot of people excited bears, along with I the owl bears yes people are excited yes. about goo and owl bears um what else in terms of literature uh the classic piece of literature uh calvin and Hobbes, <laughs> uh features uh, many um kind of slime monsters uh, and one, there's like Spaceman Spiff, which is like a reoccurring character um, where like uh, Calvin is an astronaut and he's devoured by a hideous gelatinous mass that crawls out of a crevice on a bleak alien planet and is immune to his blaster fire. And then the, the panel at the end shows that he's making horrible faces over the cafeteria's tapioca pudding. And he's just like clearly not wanting to eat it and it is immune to his needs. Um, I think there is another comic also with Spaceman Spiff that is about mystery meat that is basically the same premise of him trying to destroy I guess it's like an ongoing saga of him not being willing to eat his food which hey, makes sense um, I don't know there's also a Goosebumps book the blob that ate everyone there's lots oh, of there's that like sounds a endless, like a what a, you know, what a typical for, Goosebumpsy book for title. a modern let's say relatively modern monster Although it has, like, we can track back origins of ooze. The, like, idea of it being so common, it has a lot of popularity in pop culture. Like, people love the the blob. People love mm-hmm. blob monsters. Um, people love the blob, you know? Um, I have some video games, too. Imagine, do you have any other film, TV, or literature that you would like to talk about? Or even... Well, I, again, this maybe does not count, but I think I can let it slide in, is... Uh... The founders from deep space nine okay they're yeah like the way that it's kind of introduced is that when they when deep space nine first starts the security officer odo is a changeling he's actually his true form is mm. in this kind of like puddle he's mm-hmm. he's a liquid he lives in a bucket literally he lives in a bucket but he can make himself look humanoid and he doesn't remember anything about where he's from or anything about his people or anything about that at all and so as the series goes on we discover that he is from 
a race of people who call themselves the founders because they have been around for eons and they basically founded the gamma quadrant um and let them like they kind of sent out um like sent I, I don't know I don't know what the word is exactly it's escaping me but like they sent out individual people to kind of mimic the other species in the that quadrant and try to learn more about them mm. but um oh so Odo was found by the Bajorans and oh. he kind of like but he ended up like not because he was like genetically programmed to go back to the founders at a certain point which is why mm -hmm. he like he couldn't remember who he, where he actually came from or who he was or anything like that uh -huh. so but he unlike most of these changelings grew to actually really love the solids that's how they referred to humanoid life was mm -hmm. the solids and he actually wanted to keep living amongst them and be like them which was mm -hmm. really interesting because the changelings the the founders exist as part of the great link where they're all interconnected with one another and so they were very offended that he did not want to be part of the great link and it was very like his his storyline ended up being quite interesting in and around well that. imagine i did also have something that was a little bit on the cusp but now i feel like i feel the need to include it since we're pivoting into video games uh, there is a Pokemon called Ditto Ugh. that I was We've saving. We've gone so long without talking about Pokemon. Oh, and I'm sure you're thrilled <laughs> for their return. The Ditto is a uh, basically a pink blob. I was thinking that it was more like a doppelganger Pokemon. So I was saving it for the day that we did doppelgangers or something like that. But because these ones were like Changeling-like, I feel like it also applies. All right, um, yeah. But it's a pink creature that can mimic other things, almost like the thing uh, in the thing film. Um, there's also uh, a reoccurring species of monsters in the Final Fantasy universe, universe called Flan. Uh, not to be confused with flannel, or I think there's also a food called Flan, is there not? Isn't it like Flan. A... Flan. That's how you say it, but yes. What is it? Is it like a, is it, I feel like, um, what is it? Is it like a pudding or is it like a bread? Or is it a bread it pudding? A flan. Well, I'm going to continue to describe this monster and you let Creme me know. caramel. Oh. caramel pudding or caramel custard so it is both kind of well i guess it's not I mean, a bread but it's both a liquid and a solid i mean creme you know? brulee is my husband's favorite dessert and i always tease him about loving sweet goo so I, i'll give I, it to you well yeah it's delicious um anyway so this is the monster not the um creme brulee style a snack um <laughs> But they're uh, basically these monsters are almost always resistant to any physical damage and they're weak against like magic elemental damage, usually the opposite of whatever they use. So if you've got like an ice flan, you have to hit it with fire magic, etc. cetera. Oh, um, okay. okay. The Legend of Zelda also has a bunch of blob enemies, including bots, bits, zoles, choo-choos, and other similar creatures. Uh, there's like-likes that are gelatinous creatures that engulf Link, steal his stuff, and then spit him back out um but it's a similar thing yeah in majora's mask there's blob monsters that are the same way like if you have a ice blob you have to hit it with fire arrows or whatever it's kind of a common theme and it seems that blobs are often like your generic um like one research was calling them the goomba monsters like just like the lowest on the totem pole is a blob in terms of what they can do violently but i guess we also have these like extremely powerful alien blobs 
So I guess it's a question of like, are you goop or are you like a highly intelligent abstract species? Um, yeah. And the very last piece of pop culture that I would like to share that I think I've shared before is Gooigi from <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3, which is Luigi, but made of goo, which is um, the, an experiment of Professor E. Gads, um, which I love. I just love any opportunity to talk about Gooigi because he's just so whimsical and fun. I had no idea there was a gooey. I knew about Luigi, Luigi and I knew about Waluigi. I did not know, know that about, there was a gooey. Surely you know about wario i do know about wario well yeah gooigi i think he was added in one of the smaller luigi's mansion games um like in one of the handheld games instead of the like main console games but um yeah gooigi's just super fun and when you play the multiplayer version of luigi's mansion 3 which is a bunch of like mario party style mini games there's a bunch of different colors of Gooigi that all look like Gooigi, but you could be like the pink Gooigi or the blue one. And the mini games are very fun. So I encourage you all to get your Gooigi on and um, get your Gooigi on with friends, you know? Get your Gooigi on. And there's also a bunch of really inappropriate games in the multi-game. Uh, multi like there's one basically that's all about sucking and blowing. Like it's very... Uh, <laughs> I, they use slightly different language but you can tell that that's really like the the because you've got these vacuums right ghostbuster style and you're like sucking it up and you have to like blast it somewhere else but when we were i was playing this with friends and we're all basically describing they're like suck it up over there and then blow it and then it's a lot of anyway anyway um so uh that's all for me <laughs> um we i think are gonna take a break uh and last unless uh Madrin um demands that I continue. Uh but when we get back <laughs> keep talking about goo. Oh Gooigi? More about Gooigi? No, okay. That's okay. Um, so um, our guest Well, we um, can't keep our guest waiting. Yeah, well, we'll see if how they feel about Gooigi um when we get back. Uh but our guest is uh Glor Glorbus Clorblius, uh, aka King Blob. And now King Blob will tell me whether I have said uh, their name correctly when we return, Glorbus Chlorblius, Um, And uh, hopefully we will not offend them by, I, I am not in my royal attire, so we'll see what King Blob requires and maybe adapt as necessary. We'll be back soon. All right, listeners, we are very fortunate to be graced uh, by the uh, oozing presence of uh, Glorbus Chlorblius, a.k.a. King Blob. Um, all hail? Hello? Uh, what is the preferred greeting that you would like me to use? Oh, just a series of sounds. Ooh. You must bow before me. Wow. Well, okay. I am bowing. I'm going to let you, you tell me how deep I have to bow. For the listeners, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm sitting pretty, yeah, I'm This is kind of hunched over at the moment. Bing. Keep going. All right. Well, my, um, I mean, my head's okay. on my desk now. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much like fully bent over at this point. My head is below my waist level. If I keep going, I'm going to somersault. Is that what you would like? If you can, yeah. Okay, well, here we go. And the stick stuck the landing. Uh gymnast style. Well, um, King Blob, um, hello. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, good. Um, are you now, can we can my I mean my very the very first question off the top of my head is are you actually a king of something? Like is there some kind of royalty when it comes to blobs? Or is this just kind of a name nickname that's stuck? Or like how did you get the name King? Blob? And follow up, if it is a nickname, did you give it to yourself? Because that's a bit of a you know social faux pas. That's a flex, yeah. Mm-hmm. Found a crown. You found a crown. You what? I put it atop my mass. So you're saying in the blob world, if you find a crown and just put it on top of your form, so me as a human, that would be my head. That now makes me the king of the blobs. I don't think so. I found a crown, put it on my mass, and then I grew 10 sizes. Surely the follow-up must justify the, the title. Have you ever been so large before? No. On my planet, I was considered average. Okay, and just just for the context of our listeners, I'm seeing you in the frame, but you've got a nice like uh, photography style backdrop that you, I assume you installed yourself. So I can't really tell how tall you are because it's just a nice uh, green color. It's a lot of green on green. Yeah, I... Everything I touch gets covered in green. Right. So, yeah, a lot of green. So, so are you really tall, I guess, is what I, I want our listeners to know with your approximate height? I'd say, like, um, 50 feet. Whoa. 50 human feet? Yeah, 50 human feet. Wow. That's pretty. That's pretty tall. That's it. Yeah, it's a lot taller than us. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, you're welcome and congratulations on your. So, but you used to be. If you grew ten times your original size, you used to be five foot. So I used to be able to look down upon you. Not right. So you'd be like not in terms of judgment. Short for a human. Yeah, you were short for a human. Yeah, short, I guess, for a human, but average for a blob from my planet. Now, that's the the second time. Yeah, that's the second time you've mentioned your planet. So, I mean, that would indicate to me that you are not from Earth. So, where are you from? Uh, From outer space, I guess. You don't know that. So you don't have a plan? Oh, but you said you had a planet. What's the name of your planet? planet. Yeah. Okay. Planet Scrout. 
Scroat. Uh, scroat. Okay, this sounds. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, that King sounds Blob, made up. It sounds made up. Yeah. I don't. I don't. So does Canada, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It's everything was made up by somebody. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, does everyone at your planet, uh, look also like you, which is a large greenish um blob? Blob. Everyone on my planet looks like a giant green blob. Um, there's a couple yellow ones, I guess. Oh, um, do they have any blackish got... spots and do they spit acid? How did you know? Okay, well, well we, we did our research. A, we've got some spidery looking things on this planet that I always assumed were spiders, but now I'm wondering if they're, um, in fact, your offspring. Um, one of mine, yeah. Oh, one of yours specifically. One of mine specifically. I don't think that another blob from Planet Scroat came here. <laughs> well, if, if they did, you haven't found them yet, I guess. No, but I have procreated like crazy. Like, what do you procreate with? Just whatever? No, just to start spiders okay well that that explains that and, yeah, and... i fucked a spider or two <laughs> and does that involve absorbing them or did they do we, okay are you, you actually asking how the act of fornication between yeah, a blob and a spider happens <laughs> like you want sex? him to describe that imagine i have said this so many times in the interview section that surely it can't surprise you at this point that i need to know for the sake of journalistic integrity oh, right. oh okay fine when one 50 foot blob monster falls in love with a spider they get together in a conjugal way, and that giant blob monster sticks some goo in that spider and then never calls it again. Okay. And so you don't know if it created eggs? Did it lay eggs? I guess spiders lay eggs with goo in them. Probably. I mean, I guess regular eggs are also eggs with goo in them, so it's not that different. Yeah, humans and goo monsters and blobs are all the same. I mean, what about uh that that blob that was on display in Paris? Is that Probably also you? Is that mine. that's one of yours? Oh, uh-huh. so like maybe you you like you did it like with a tree? I actually oh, I don't know. I can't yeah. even tell you how. <laughs> 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 Well, have you ever seen? I mean, trees have a bunch of weird uh, goop as well. Like you know, just maple syrup is kind of weird goop. You know, trees are horny. That's a fact. <laughs> I mean, they are getting their sticky sap all over everything. So yeah. all over everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite color of slime? If you had um, to pick one. I, I don't want to be racist, but I'm green and I get along with other green slime, I guess. Uh-huh. Fair. All the other colored slimes are fine. And what other colors of slime does your species come in? Pretty much every color of the rainbow. Uh, oh, okay, think, okay. Uh, but red slime is just any other colored slime that's angrier 
Okay. So mood is a factor. Oh yeah. Only when it comes to being angry, though. If I'm happy, I'm green. If I'm sad, I'm green. If it's just anger makes you red. So, so you're by Hulk rules. You've got red Hulk and green Hulk, but those are the only Hulk options. Yeah, Hulk's probably one of mine. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's good to know. And he Did does you... kind of change size and he's what, green. Do you know what year it was that you landed? Because there was a specific uh, report of some police officers uh, discovering uh, 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 some sort of slime in, in 1950 in Philadelphia. Um, I landed on Earth like a billion years ago. Okay. I um, well, then I I might have some news for you then. Because somebody landed on this planet in the year 1950. And it was purple. And it was purple. Oh. A purple one. Tell me more. Well, it was... What were they they wearing? I don't think they... Oh, they were wearing a piece of space rock around them completely. What? Yummy. Oh yummy, yeah, yummy I guess. If if you're into that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Which you are, yeah. Uh yeah. There's a there was a glowing ooze. They had a glowing ooze. They were dangling off a telephone pole. Well that I mean Ooh. off a pole. Yeah. And all right. Well, no, and that's where okay. I draw the line. Okay. Okay, King Blob. I'm a blob. I'm always <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, on that topic, how do you avoid drying out? Um, I live in the ocean, so. Oh, like. Do you happen ocean? to live near the High mantle? Oh no, like the core, the mantle core of the Earth. No, no, I, that's that's way too cold for me. I I live on a garbage raft. Um, it's still pretty cold I'm between Greenland and Iceland uh, the Atlantic Ocean huh okay Yeah. and which do you prefer Greenland or Iceland they both look like a lot of trees and stuff so (laughs) hard to choose do you prefer the one that's less cold yeah yeah traditionally I for uh, a warmer climate, but this is just like the tropics, like the tropics, for example. Tropics been there, done that, yeah. Well, we know because of the spiders. Um, mm-hmm. yes, the tropics. Yes. Um, but would you say back. that you you might have a slight uh weakness to the cold? Like, are you vulnerable in the cold? I'm a little vulnerable to the cold. You got me. Yeah, you, you're you saying that you're a little bit vulnerable, but you're making a, a thing with your, like, I can only describe them as, I can't use the phrase arms, but they're like kind of goop, goop appendages, and you're kind of waving back and forth, like, no, no, stop talking about that, but you were like kind of coy about it. Look, if you're trying to find my weakness, come at me with knives. Oh, knives. Well, we heard about that, too. 
Now, have you ever brought a have you ever brought a knife to a goop fight? <laughs> I personally don't. Okay, fine. <laughs> Listen, you come at me with a knife, I'm eating that thing. You're okay. just gonna absorb I'm it up. Absorbing it. Yeah. What about okay. like a T one thousand knife where he can make the knife out of himself? I would just devour that thing. Oh. You seem you to like eating things, a lot. You talk a lot about eating things. I am hungry. Hungry? For and what do you, you eat? Okay, well, we established the horny part. So what? Right off the bat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? what I've said to that spider. <laughs> Um, what is uh what like you what eat? is your diet typically? What do you eat when you're hungry? Almost anything. Hmm. And well, like if you're you floating need? between Greenland and Iceland, I can imagine it would be like whales a lot of, and a lot of fish, fish. A lot of whales. Yeah. Do you have any globsters? Oh, globsters all the time. Mm. Yeah, I love globster. I love dipping some globster in butter. Mm. <laughs> Uh, people like globsters. So um, good. Okay, imagine a little sidebar here. Uh, um, King Blob, um, kind of amuse yourself for a second here. Okay. We were... uh, sure. Okay. So, so imagine. Do you think that this is like one of our more like intelligent blob species, or like low intelligence blob species? Um, I, I mean, he just only seems to want to eat and fuck. So. I don't really so think average? Can... Were you saying average? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really think he's like studying war and peace on the weekends. No. No. But he seems to have enough intelligence to uh kill and procreate and continue to exist in Well time, most so. beings do, yes. Well, that's true. All right, thank you for this quick sidebar. I All thought right. it would be rude to ask him uh directly. Uh we were just talking about how much we liked um your your slimy sheen, you know, that oh, my. Thank you. Yeah. And also I'm... Madrin said and also Madrin said you were average. <gasps> Way to throw me under the bus. Well, I mean somebody Jesus. had to say it. Oh you, you invited a Bob King on your show to call him average. I mean, Rude. but you well, to you, be fair, you we... quickly established you're not actually a king. You just found a like trinket and put it on your head. That's true. But I'm fifty feet tall and I have a crown, <laughs> and I've I've made like a thousand offspring that have made a thousand more offspring, and so on. But the I'd offspring say that I'm a king. I feel like the offspring you created have been like consistently worse. Now, this is a real question I have. Have you had any offspring that seems to have threatened to better you? No. <laughs> no. So you're just getting s worse and worse. That's also rude, but. <laughs> yeah, well, this is just. When you've been around as long as I have, you you just don't care anymore, you know? Yeah, but you're, I mean, let's be real. You're here for the platform, right? I mean, 
usually I reach out to guests and they say, um, yeah, I'll come on and do the show. You were very adamant that you wanted people to know um, about your information. We don't really go into the nitty gritty of this very often, but I got a strongly worded email that said, I am King Blob. Bow before me. Also, mm -hmm. let me on your show. And so mm -hmm. um, we retrofitted this episode to you and we were, we were thrilled to host you and meet you. Um but do you have any sort of great commandment that you would like to share now that the moment has arrived? Um, yeah, stop killing my offsprings. Just, huh. just leave them alone. They're my babies. I don't talk to them, but they're a part of me, you know? Imagine, I feel like, I feel like we've, let's just sidebar again. I'm, I'm sorry. I, <sighs> I feel like we've offended him. I mean, maybe I've offended We? Well, what did well, I do? Well, you're the you one. You called him average. Well, no, you yeah, said he was average. And you told him that I said that. Well, I just revealed. I revealed. I was keeping that to myself. And then you're the one who told him that for every offspring he has, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And then he's but not But it is getting worse himself. and worse and worse. Okay, anyway, that's you not the point. tell somebody that. <laughs> okay, but this is the truth. Sometimes. Anyway. Okay. We need to, okay. We need well, to get some I know sort of you're gift, young. Some you sort don't of have gift. a lot of friends who have kids of their own, but I'm telling I'm you right you now, when your friends, sentence. when your friends don't, when your friends start having kids, you don't say to them, wow, your kid is a shittier version of you. You that's no. just common sense. You just don't say that. It's true, but we don't know that that same uh, logic applies by blob. Anyway, the point is, well, I think clearly we he's offended. I think, well, I, that's the, that's exactly why we did the sidebar. Clearly, Ugh. he needs some sort of parting gift, I think, is my point. We oh, need to okay. send him off and we need to repair this relationship uh, with the blob. And we could do All it right. in a genuine way, but that would take a really long time. So I think we should just give him a gift. OK, yep. Yep. All right. Do you have any ideas for a gift? I thought you were suggesting the gift. That was. I your... suggest. I, I suggest that we wait, should give oh, them a wait. gift. Oh, the intern! Give him the intern. Oh yeah, we haven't even considered that. He's probably really hungry. Oh, wait. So just to be clear, you suggested giving him the intern, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Just so we know, just so that I can say that later when I have to I mean, make the phone call. They're interns. They're disposable. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but you don't say that to them, Madrin. You can't just no, say I, to see, an intern. That's the part you disposable. say quietly. Yeah. All okay. right, we got to get back to the interview. Okay, yeah. Hey, King Blob. Hey, King Blob. Um, so we were just, just discussing floating here. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, look, I'll be honest. Last time we came back and said that we were going to talk about that we were talking about your Sheen, we weren't. Mm -hmm. We were talking about something else. And now I feel like our relationship has really uh, degraded here, like a mm -hmm. like um like an inferior slime, which of course you are not, which of course also your offspring, your offspring are not inferior slime. They're, they're just you. as wonderful as you are. And we wondered if uh, you would like to have this gift. Um, so this gift, uh, their name is Chad. Um, Chad is also from um, Southeastern United States. Um, they're very snacky and um, they set up your equipment today. And we're wondering oh, if you Chad. would, yeah. if you would like to keep him. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, because Chad is already inside me. Oh, oh. boy. So you well, got your... I hope you enjoyed him. I did. Do you want to say hi? Oh, yeah. is, he, is it like in Futurama where he's still kind of suspended inside you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, does he want to say something? I'll see if I can get him. 
Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey, can you can you guys hear me? Hey, Chad. Hey, Chad. Hey. Oh my How's God. How's it going? How's it going, help. buddy? Send help. I'm. You look it's, great. It's how so long, wet. How long would you say that you have, like, minutes wise? Like, I, like, is it worth sending help? Because, like, if you're on your way out, probably there's nothing I can do about it. I feel like my skin is itchy, but I've probably got a couple days in me. But like itchy from the inside? Itchy from the outside. Completely okay, just, just outside. external. Says, please help me. Don't leave me here to die. Okay, I think you're cutting out, Chad. Yeah, I can't I think really the, hear you anymore. The goop, please the, help me. No, the Don't. goop is the goop. Yeah, you oh you swallow him back up. Yeah, so I guess back inside me. Okay. I didn't well, quite catch what he said there. I think he's it itching from the inside, so he probably doesn't have much time left. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, he's okay. he, he, I mean, he looked he looked great with that oozy sheen on him. Yeah, my my goo is pretty nutrient rich. So maybe he's gonna nice. come out even better than he was before. Oh no, he's never leaving. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. Well, I suppose your gift was like uh, we have this thing on uh, Human uh, Christmas where sometimes small children go and they they open their gifts in advance and enjoy them. So I feel like you enjoyed your gift in advance. So I hope that that um, has uh, smoothed things over between us. I did. Thank you. Yeah, we're cool. Okay, cool. Oh, we're cool. Imagine we're we're cool. Great. Not cool. Yeah. But not not CO2 out of a canister. Cole. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not like dangerous to you, Cole. Like just no. like cool, like uh cool, cool people. Yeah. Um all right, well we've arrived at a very important part of the show. Now, this is a segment that was originally called Pitches, and then this segment was rebranded into another segment by Madrin's request called With My Dying Breath, where we described an, a scenario and with our dying breath, we pitch something that the people now have to know again. And now uh, this segment has been rebranded for a third and greater time as a coffee break. And now why is it called coffee break? Because we have a way that if you really like the show, you can give some money to us that we can use towards the podcast or just get in a coffee. If you go to www.ko-fi.com slash monstrology for a coffee break. So for this coffee break, uh, I would like the people to know about an app. And this app is called Libby, and Libby connects to uh, your local library. Uh, for me, it's the Toronto Public Library. There's many libraries that it connects to, and it's kind of like a free version of Audible, which is amazing. Right now, I'm using it to listen to The Lord of the Rings, which is awesome. Um, but there's all sorts of books that you can get on there, including very popular books. Sometimes you have to wait, just like as you would for the library, uh, for the other person to return it. But there is a ton of classic and new literature. And I think it's an amazing uh, free resource. All you need is a library card, which if you live in the city, you should be able to get that for free uh, and access uh, Libby. I think it's amazing. And so I that love is Libby. My... Yeah, you can it, read some have really great a stuff. A nice little coffee and um, listen to some stuff on Libby. That's a good day for me. Yeah. And I think, see, I am now, currently I am visiting family in Windsor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking for stuff to do this weekend. And there is a street festival coming up this weekend called Dropped on Droulard. Oh. Uh, so if anybody happens to be in Windsor this weekend, I think you should go. They'll have 
live music and food vendors and booze and stuff. And I'm sure you could grab a coffee as you walk yeah. around and look at all the fun stuff that's on Trulard. Now, King Blob, have you ever been dropped on Windsor? I don't know about Windsor, but I've dropped all over Trulard. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Do you have anything that you would like to uh, to uh, share with our listeners uh, on our coffee break? Um, yeah. Uh, Chad was talking about something called cookie biscuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds, yeah, that sounds he, yummy. Yeah, he said it was he said it was good. So I think it's cookie.biscuits on Instagram or cookie biscuits comedy on YouTube. If you just search cookie biscuits on YouTube, you'll find recipes for cookies and or biscuits. I was gonna ask, is this sketch is this comedy all like cookie related? Like is a lot of like Is it slime related? I couldn't tell you. It doesn't sound like my type of thing. But is it like, it's not really, really blob is it related like, humor. Is it like a bunch of puppets that like look like cookies? I, couldn't tell. I don't know. Okay. It sounds all right, dumb all right. to me, but your listeners probably would be into it. Do they have any projects or anything that we should be aware of? Well, that's the thing. Chad was saying they've been working on a, a web series pilot that could be coming out in like a month or two months or okay. three months or four months maybe it's, a bit, five it's getting months, a bit longer six. the more that chad talks about it what's that the more that chad talked about it the longer it seemed to be well chad didn't know shit so <laughs> okay. well that was turn. to be honest that was my experience with chad as well um I'm 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 kind of amazed that he was able to set up your equipment properly today, but um thrilled that he was able to provide you with uh, this this opportunity. Yeah. Um it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is the moment we've had our coffee break. We've got to know you. It was a real pleasure to uh learn about you and all of uh your experience in the world and all of your various offspring who are uh as good if not no, not better. They are just exactly as good as you are They're in every just way. Just as great as you, but and not better. Stop killing them. Stop killing my kids. Yeah. Is that just the, the 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 words that you would like, a wisdom that you would like to pass on is stop murdering your offspring? Yeah. Don't kill slimes. Don't kill blob monsters. If you see one, just let it be. Mm. Yeah, Sage definitely, advice. Definitely don't hit it with cold things or CO2. Um, we'll hit it with or ice, fire, fire, or fire, lightning, strong wind, pollen, fire pollen? extinguishers, quicksand, slow sand, kinetic sand, geometric <laughs> pressure, peer pressure, or gluten. Just leave it alone. <laughs> They're gluten intolerant also? Yeah. No bread. Okay. No bread. That's the one thing I can't eat, really. And ice cream. So don't bring, don't bring um bread to a blob fight either. Don't bring bread to a blob fight. But you can bring, you could bring the knife to slice the bread. Yeah, but I don't. I'm gonna eat the knife, but that bread's (laughs) gonna make me gassy, and I don't want that. 
Yeah, and also the the like the bread, the allergens on the bread might get onto the knife. On the knife, and if yeah. it's a serious allergy, that that blob yeah. um could suffer, you know, from from yeah. the knife. Yeah, and you don't know where that knife has been, so yeah, just just don't um just don't bring uh bread to a blob fight. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Glorbus Glorblius. Uh, I hope the crown um sits uh perfectly on your head and is never absorbed. And imagine, thanks for another great episode. Uh, we will see you again in another two weeks for another episode of Monstrology. Until then, I hope that you see as many uh, monsters as you would like, uh, whether that's a lot or a little, that's up to you. Um, but we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks for another episode of Monstrology. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Oh, he's just oozing don't, into the corner. Don't leave me here. Don't leave me inside. Oh, oh it's cutting out. It is. It oh. is though. It is. Oh, that is not supposed to look like that anymore, is it? No, that's just. Ugh. No, gross. Madrid, just just turn off the screen. Yeah. Okay. Just just, just turn it off. It's haunting. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm -hmm.